0: Hey folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports family. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night, as I'm recording this following the Denver Nuggets loss. Final score: Nuggets, or not Nuggets, uh, Dallas Mavericks 103, Denver 89. Uh, Dallas is now 19 and 18, Denver's 18 and 17. Dallas is mere percentage points behind Denver in the standings. They feel like a team that could potentially make a run in the second half of the year as they get healthier, as Kristaps Porzingis gets back after Luka Doncic has been out for a while. Uh, They do seem like a team that once they get their their rhythm, they could be challenging Denver for a 4-seed or a 5-seed or whatever. So this was an important game. This was a game that Denver – they didn't have to have, don't get me wrong, Like you don't, you don't have to have any game. Uh, because if you do your work early enough, and, and if you make up enough games on the margins, then you should be fine in pretty much any situation. But this felt like a game that, that if it swung Denver's way would be a really, really big deal. Uh, it didn't. And the Nuggets, they lose the tiebreaker to the Dallas Mavericks on the season. They play three games total. Against the Mavericks, and they've lost two out of three. So, if the Mavericks and the Nuggets finish with the same record and it bumps Denver down to a six seed as opposed to a five seed, that's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal because it means that instead of playing a team like Dallas or Memphis in the first round, you're playing a team like Phoenix or Golden State or Utah. And yeah, that sucks. That's a a really, really bad situation. Uh, By the way, Denver is 0 2 against Memphis as well. So they've done a really, really shit job against the teams that are kind of in their tier. It's one of the reasons why they have the record that they do. They've actually been pretty good against the sub-500 teams. Uh, Actually, really good. The problem is that they are not good against the above 500 teams, and they're going to have to separate themselves against those teams going forward. But right now, they're injured. Right now, they are having a really difficult time scoring the ball. The Nuggets offense is making it more difficult on themselves. Uh, Denver scores 89 points tonight. Can't blame Nikola Jokic. He scored 27 on 18 shots, only took four free throws and was 4 of 4. So he was 11 of 18 from the field. He was very, very good. And The problem that Denver kept running into when he was on the floor specifically was that when he got the ball in the post, Dallas was hard doubling every single time. They made sure to get the ball out of his hands. So he couldn't sit there and navigate. He couldn't sit there and help everybody else kind of get into position. A lot of his stuff had to be on the move, and which was fine. He was pick and roll, uh, offensive rebounds, doing a whole bunch of what he normally does. Uh, but it still seems like the rest of the offense just could not keep up with him, which is too bad. Uh, just kind of going through it here, 25 turnovers. 25. Uh, Jokic had three. He's usually the guy that leads the team, but not tonight. That was Will Barton. Will Barton led the team with seven turnovers. And that's going to stand out. That's, I'm going to talk about Will in a little bit here, but really stands out that uh, Barton, of all people, was leading the team in seven. That's really bad. Team also shot 24% from three, six of 25. They shot 21 of 29 from the free throw line. They left eight points at the free throw line. Uh, they didn't lose this game by eight points. They lost it by 14. But Denver has consistently been a bad team at the free throw line. They struggle to get there, and then they struggle to convert those shots when they do get there. Uh, Aaron Gordon was 0-4 of 4 tonight from the line. Uh, Rajon Tucker was 3-4. That, that doesn't really matter. Bafaku was 3-5. of 5. He missed two early free throws. That counts. Those are bad. And Denver, they keep, they keep dropping those points in a situation where they really need to have all of them. Uh, the starting unit, we'll, sp- we'll focus on them in this first segment, focus on the bench in the second. Uh, starting unit, they shot 3 of 9, 4 of 13, uh, 5 of 15, 5 of 17. They shot 5 of 17 from the three-point line. And that's just not good enough. Like all of these guys, they, they shot pretty poorly. Aaron Gordon, one of three. Will Barton two of six. Jokic, one of four, Faku, one of two. He needs to be taking more three th- three pointers. Like that's that's kind of how this is how this is. When you attempt 25 threes as a team, Faku needs to be more aggressive. If he wants, like he can't be deferring as much as he did, and we'll we'll talk about that just a little bit here, but Austin Rivers, also not very good. We'll talk about him too, but uh, it's just really hard to talk about any individual player uh, with Denver as injured as they are. Uh, Jokic, he clearly had a good game, and anybody that says he didn't have a really great all-around game, I think they'd they'd be missing the point. 27 points, 16 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Did have 3 turnovers, but I tend to blame a lot of that, not necessarily on Jokic, but just on the the lack of a supporting cast right now. Because there's, there's just not enough good ball movement and a good attention being put on other players in order to help Jokic do what he does best. And so he worked with what he had and still managed to get 27 and 16 because he's very good. Uh, I also thought that his defense was the best on the starting unit tonight. Maybe even over Aaron Gordon. Like, I I actually do think that that's a debate. Aaron Gordon, really good interior scoring, really good defense on Luka Doncic. He did hit a three, so that he gets credit for. 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, I don't think he was the issue tonight either. I think that Denver's issues are more or less tied with their starting backcourt, and that includes Faku Campazo, that includes Austin Rivers, and that includes Will Barton. Uh, we'll start with Barton first, because he's been the ire of a lot of people's conversation. Uh, seven turnovers and eight missed shots. He only attempted 12, sh- uh, 12 shots and was two of six. Uh, for a while, like he was one of eight in the first half, and he was a big reason why Denver was down in the first half was because he was trying to get his own offense going and to get the team's offense going in situations where uh, he needed to be more of a finisher. He needed to be less of a playmaker and more of a finisher. Put the ball in Falco Camposo's hands or, well, there's not a whole heck of a lot of other people that you can put the ball in the hands of. So, do i blame him for having seven turnovers it's tough because faku deferred tonight he he straight up did not want to or or whether he did not want to or whether the the design of the offense was to have barton be more of a facilitator uh the ball was in barton's offense in the first half a lot more And it was in Fakus in the second half. And Denver did score a little bit more in the second half. There was a little bit of regression there with Jokic hitting his three. Uh, I thought a lot of Jokic's points specifically kind of carried the day for Denver. But I don't think that either Barton or Faku were good. Like, I think anybody that's telling you otherwise is really kidding themselves here. Uh, But it does seem like Barton it's really wearing on him that he's the guy that he's been the the best perimeter guy of late. Uh, Faku couldn't really get to where he wanted to go when he was the playmaker and and made a couple wild passes here and there just like Will Barton did. So I'm not going to like really flame one guy or the other. But the difference is that Faku gave a whole heck of a lot better effort defensively, was a lot more connected, a lot less Impacted by what Dallas was doing. I thought he did a good job against Jalen Brunson a lot of the time. But Barton did not do a good job defensively. He was one of several Nuggets players, including Bones Highland, including Austin Rivers, who were just really bad on the defensive end of the floor. And his effort level and reaction time and, and ability to stay in front of his man on closeouts and getting back to his man in time for a closeout, it's just not at the level where you need it to be. Uh, It's really too bad because there were several possessions tonight where Jokic in particular was being put on an island against a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. or Luka Doncic or Jalen Brunson and was excellent in every single instance there. Doing everything that he could, trying to push them into a tough shot, but they passed out of it almost every time. And they passed to what should not have been an open man, but was Barton's man a lot of the time. And Barton gave up a pretty weak effort on a lot of those defensive possessions. And it's just been an ongoing issue for the past 20 to 25 games. I'm really concerned. I'm I'm concerned that Barton now, at this point in the season, is completely drained. That he doesn't have the energy level to be able to give a full effort. Now, I don't think that necessarily reflects all the time on his offense. I think a lot of the times he has to carry the day on the offensive end and down Murray, down Porter. I think that's a choice that he has to make, and it's usually the right one. But they didn't have Monte Morris tonight. They obviously don't have P.J. Dozier either. Uh, Bones Highland had a bad game. uh, Was just not a good creator. And it comes down to Faku, Rivers, and Barton. And you want the ball in Barton's hands on most of those occasions, in my opinion. Now, Faku has done a good job at, at various points, but he is a role player. Barton is more of a starter. And I'm not going to denigrate Barton for trying to shift his energy level a little bit more towards the offensive end of the floor. Uh, because th- there's, there's just only so much that he can do. There's only so much he can do to try to help the team survive. And tonight, it just it was very clear that Denver didn't really have it in the first quarter or the second quarter. They kind of fought back a little bit in the third quarter, but then they let go of the rope. Do I think that's Barton's fault? No. Do I think that other players could have made some plays and really helped out? Sure. Jermichael Green could have hit a couple threes. Bones Highland, Davon Reed, Faku. Uh, like he, he only took four shots tonight. But I do think that Barton has to be better if he's going to shift his his energy towards the offensive end. He has to be a better offensive player, a more consistent offensive player. And so far, since he's come back from his injuries that put Davon Reed into the starting lineup, uh, he has not been the same offensive player. Had a decent game against uh, Golden State, but that was it. That was that was all I can remember. So he's got to be better, uh, Faku. Look, he he's up and down. I've talked about it. Like this was kind of a regression game from his elite game against Houston, uh, and this kind of shows the difference between a Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson front court or back court versus a Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. back court. Like Faku is just going to look worse, and that's okay. Like he's yeah, just have to be honest about who he is as a player. Austin Rivers though like he was just atrocious and i wonder how much the thumb injury was really holding him back but he just can't dribble uh he airballed a 3 so badly that the wind left the building at uh, whatever arena dallas plays and he's just not himself he clearly is not in a good place physically to be able to do what he's doing and he did have a couple of games that were better coming off of Uh, His COVID absence, but ever since those couple of games, he's just been tailing off. Uh, So we're gonna see what he has, what he has in store. But once Monte Morris comes back, I think it should be Austin Rivers who's cut from the rotation. Uh, I think that you should have Bones Highland as your as your first option off the bench, then Faku plays next to him when Monte comes back, and then you've got Davon Reed as the three. I do not think that Austin Rivers should play. Like that's kind of where I'm at with this. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench unit. And it was also kind of a letdown for the bench. We will be right back. we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, uh, Denver's bench. I thought that this was a this was an interesting game from them. Uh, Denver did a lot uh, with their rotations, in particular, to try to avoid all bench units as much as possible. They only played two total minutes of all bench units. Uh, I'm actually let's let's go and, and find that. That was at the two minute mark in the first quarter. Uh, when Jokic came out, he made a layup at 2:20. Uh, then Ball he made his uh, he made his three pointer. Then the Mavs took a timeout. Jokic came out. Denver didn't score, and Dallas went on a six zero run. So they were six zero in favor of the Mavs in favor of the all bench unit. So keep that in mind when when we kind of discuss this. Uh, Popeye Jones shifted the rotations a lot after that. He put a lot of the the starters at the beginning of the second quarter to try to counteract uh, some of the bad stuff that the bench did. I thought that that was interesting. I thought it was an interesting wrinkle and it clearly didn't work uh, because Denver got outscored in the second quarter just as much as they did in the first. But uh, let's talk about the individual players. Bones Highland, uh he is an interesting option for denver because i am kind of with Amaris when i agree that he should be playing more of his minutes with nikola jokic uh despite the fact like ah uh, it's it's tough like in 25 minutes he was a minus 6 had zero assists three turnovers seven points three of 9 from the field it wasn't a good offensive game from bones and it wasn't really a good defensive game from bones um, uh, it just kind of shows where Denver's at with their guard rotation, that they need Bones to be as good as he possibly can, because he's going to be asked to be playing 25 minutes. Uh, Popeye Jones said that he played him a little bit too much in this game. And, uh, he said that he thought he knew the playbook a little bit better than, than he actually did. And I, I was initially turning an eyebrow at that. I don't necessarily think that means the offensive plays as much as it does the the defensive calls and rotations that, that were screwed up in the fourth quarter between Bones and, and Aaron Gordon down the stretch. Uh, because Bones got back into the game with about four minutes left to go, uh, four and a half minutes left to go. And, and it was interesting. It was a good play, I think, by Popeye to try to get some more offense into it. But uh, Bones missed his shots. He also didn't make the proper rotations. And Denver gave up three consecutive threes, because of those miscues, Uh, both in transition as well as in the half court when Denver should have been just executing easy switches. Uh, Bones wasn't able to execute that and there just wasn't enough offense from him in order to kind of make up for that really bad miscues. So Denver needs more from him. Uh, it was good to see him back because in his place would have been Rajon Tucker, would have been Carleak Jones. So I'm glad that Bones was out there. Uh, there's only so many 10-day guys you can play. But Denver needs to expedite the development of Bones Highland because he just wasn't good in this one. And I hope that they get a better effort from him because he needs to be a player that they can give the ball to. At various points, and and expect good things, and there are very few things that happened that were good tonight. When he had the ball, uh, Davon Reed. It's crazy that he's the second person that I'm talking about, but he played 26 minutes off the bench. Uh, was one of five, two points, two assists, two rebounds, zero steals, uh, three quick fouls in this game. Kind of like the last game against the Houston Rockets. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job defensively, though. It was only a minus two in his 26 minutes, and a lot of the reason for that was because when he was out there, he defended Jalen Brunson pretty well. He defended Luka Doncic pretty well. Thought that he switched and moved his feet and did everything that he could on that end of the floor to make things a little bit more palatable for Denver. The problem is they couldn't score, and when Davon was out there, whether it was Faku, whether it was Bones, whether it was Barton. Uh, whether it was Jokic even, like, Jokic was the only guy that could really carry that unit. Uh, but when it was anybody else out there, they struggled. They were just really, really bad offensively. So Davon's going to be a guy who, as a role player, he is not going to affect the offensive output that magnificently, unless he's just, like, hitting three out of four from three or four out of six from three or something like that. Like, that's the only thing that he can really do. Uh, but he didn't get those open shots tonight. Nobody did. Nobody got open shots. And I'm not sure if it was because Dallas is a good defensive team. I just think that Denver's a really easy team to defend right now, especially that second unit. Jermichael Green, I thought he was decent. I thought like this was a decent Jamichael Green game. It, it wasn't a perfect one. Um but the Mavericks, they only had 28 rebounds tonight. Which is kind of nuts. <laughs> like it's hard for me to even fathom that actually like Denver had 47 rebounds and the Mavericks had 28 I'm not, how did Denver lose this oh well 25 turnovers that really hurts um yeah so that's that's actually the reason that's definitely the reason is that uh, Denver turned the ball over so many times that they were giving the Mavericks all these extra shots and then they obviously rebounded those misses Um, but yeah, like I thought that Jermichael Green was good getting into the interior of the paint and drawing some fouls. Although I will say it is really difficult to watch him sometimes in the middle of the paint where he's trying to get a shot up and loses the ball or, uh, just throws up a wild shot and it's not good. He didn't actually get credited for any two-point shots tonight. Uh, he only had the six free throw attempts and made all six, so that's fine. Uh, but he wasn't really the issue. I actually thought that his defense was pretty good. Uh, just more think that Bones, Bull Bull when he was out there, Vlacko when he was out there, uh, Barton when he was out there with the second unit, just not a good defensive group around Jamichael Green. That really hurts. That makes things more difficult. Bow just six minutes, and it was funny. Like you had the the first two minutes that Bow played were some of his best in a Nuggets uniform, where he was hustling. He 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 kind of saved a ball from going out of bounds on the offensive end. Threw it right to a a tipping Jokic who caught the ball and then laid it in. Uh, you had Bull Bull hitting a trail three. You had him rotating pretty well against the Dallas Mavericks second unit uh, on on the defensive end, and I thought that he did a pretty good job there. Uh, and then when he was without Jokic and they put Jermichael Green out there, Bull Bull just couldn't really keep up with Reggie Bullock. Uh, Reggie Bullock hit four threes. Only one of them, I think, was on Bull, but it was a, kind of a wide-open corner three. Uh, and then there are a lot of other perimeter-based actions that the Mavericks were still running that Bull Bull just wasn't really geared towards defending. That made things more difficult. It absolutely did. So I'm not sure. I'm not really sure how to handle it. Uh, Bull also got blocked at the apex of a dunk attempt uh, when trying to dunk it on Marquise Chris. Chris blocked it cleanly. And then on the ensuing possession, Denver recovers the offensive rebound. Bulbul tries to relocate out to the three-point line in the left corner, right in front of the Nuggets bench, and he stands with both of his feet firmly planted out of bounds uh, when he catches the ball. It was really, really bad. (sighs) The Bulbul thing is nice, and he flashes his positives, but he also flashes his negatives almost as consistently. So it's nice to see him hit some shots. Don't get me wrong, but... I'm not, I'm not going to take the plus three that he had as leading the team. I'm, I'm not going to take that super seriously. Like I'm just, I'm just not like Denver can do better than that. Uh, now if they want to make him more of a focal point, they should probably make him the center in place of Jermichael green. Uh, or they're going to have to have a better matchup for him where instead of Dallas, where they played four smalls, uh, you need a team that has two bigs and then putting bull on one of them. Uh, like Popeye Jones said post-game, this wasn't really a bull bowl matchup. Or at least I, I didn't think it was. So, maybe it was. Like, maybe having him guard Sterling Brown would have been better. Maybe him having guard uh, Josh Green when he was out there would have been better. I don't know. I think that maybe that maybe that's the case. Maybe they should have tried it a little bit more than they did. Because the alternative was just not great. Um. And finally, Vlaco Chanchar among this bench group. Not a lot of good from him. And and honestly, the more important thing here, he got hurt in the second half. He grabbed him, grabbing at his foot. He had to be lifted off the court and carried uh, by uh, two Nuggets players. I think one was Peter Corneli, if I'm not mistaken. It just didn't look good. It did not look good for Vlaco, where he was trying to close out on a shot. Attempt by whether it was Bullock, whether it was somebody else, I don't remember, but uh, he was trying to close out. Vladko was, and when he planted on his right foot, he didn't roll the ankle, he didn't grab the back of the ankle, which would be more of an Achilles, he grabbed the foot. So I'm not really sure what it was. It didn't look good though, and if he was in so much pain that he couldn't put pressure on it, then uh, that's not great either. So Hope that he's doing okay. Hope that the Nuggets can get some reinforcements with him. I uh, Hope that he, he actually comes back. He and Austin Rivers specifically, because Austin's been dealing with this thumb injury after he got COVID. Uh, they have just been the punching bags for this Nuggets team for the entire season. Because Blacko started the year out for like 15 games in a row. something Something crazy. And he just hasn't been healthy pretty much all year. So hopefully he gets back. Hopefully he gets back to full health. And this team could absolutely use it because the hits just keep coming. Um, It hasn't happened to Jokic yet, but knock on wood. Like I I don't know what's going to happen if this team ever loses the big guy. Uh, Yeah, no, every, everybody else has gone down around him, though. It's been sad to see. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm I'm going to touch on this Popeye Jones versus Michael Malone nonsense that's been going on. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Final segment. Uh, I'm just. I am caught off guard here because I I clicked on the, like there was something on Twitter that was going on and I clicked on the Hawks Blazers game and good Lord, Trey Young finished with 56 points and 14 assists. That sounds absurd and they lost. Somehow they lost to Anthony Simons and the Portland Trail Blazers. Anthony Simons scores 43. That's insane. Uh, Yeah, the Hawks are... The Hawks are... If you score 56 and dish out 14 assists and you lose, that does not reflect pretty positively on the rest of the team. Gallinari with 7 points on 14 shots in that one. Okay, uh, let's talk about Popeye Jones and Michael Malone. I... I've, I've caught a little bit of flack lately for, I think, rightly calling out Nuggets fans for what I think is an uncomfortable conversation that is starting to develop and that I think should be rightfully just just popped right now. Uh, Popeye Jones is an assistant coach. Michael Malone is the head coach for a reason. And Popeye, he may very well be a good head coach uh, someday. And just like we've seen Chris Finch, Wes Unseld Jr., just like we've seen them get head coaching jobs and be relatively successful in their situations, I do think that Popeye Jones is somebody who has the right temperament and right positivity that a, a coaching an organization is going to really like. And maybe he'll get a head coaching job someday. And that's great. That's That's a wonderful thing. But Michael Malone is the Nuggets head coach for a reason, and he deserves a lot more respect and credit for what the Nuggets have done over his now going on seven-year tenure than I think that he's really received. And uh, I do think that while Jokic has been a, a generational star, while he is somebody who has really helped things out, he's had to navigate a lot of twists and turns in his own career, before being able to be the leader of the entire group, and he's had to grow into that, learn how to be that. He wasn't that when he got here. Paul Millsap and Michael Malone had to help teach him that he was the leader back when Paul Millsap was first signed. Remember, Nikola Jokic was very, uh, un- not unwilling, but like, like, it wasn't something that he asked for, to be the leader, to be the best player, to be the best player in the world. Like, that wasn't something he ever asked for. He had to grow into that. But you don't grow into that on accident. You have to have a good support system around you. And Michael Malone, for whatever faults he may or may not have, according to the Nuggets fan base, has helped Nikola Jokic grow into an excellent player. Excellent. He's also helped Jamal Murray grow into an excellent player. He's helped Michael Porter Jr. fully embrace defense when he's on the floor. He's helped Aaron Gordon find his role with Nikola Jokic in Denver. He's helped Will Barton continue to extend his career, turn him from a, a role player, a, a backup and a non-player in Portland to becoming a, a starter with Denver over the course of these past few. He's helped Monte Morris become a, from a second-round pick To a legitimate starting caliber point guard. He's had a lot of development stories. A lot of players that are talented that have helped have helped to grow their games. And Denver, for all of the admonishments, for all of the belief that it's just the talent that has been able to get it done, Denver cycled through a lot of talents. They've cycled through a lot of talented players. And still been able to find success because of the culture, not just because of the talents. It's it's what everybody talks about. It's what Popeye Jones talked about in his postgame presser. And he says that, yeah, Jokic deserves a lot of the credit here, as any elite player and, and best player in the world does. Jokic is one of one. I'm not here to dispute that. But it doesn't have to be Jokic gets the credit or Michael Malone gets the credit. It can be both. It really can. And giving credit to Michael Malone is not taking away credit from Nicole Jokic and from Jamal Murray and from all these other talented players. It's, it's a symbiotic relationship. Today, I think we, we learned that it is really hard to coach a game in the NBA And just just get a win, just because, just because you want to. Twenty six turnovers for the Nuggets, and a lot of it, Popeye Jones said that he needed to be better, and that like he needed to help the team more than he did. They practiced figuring things out when Jokic was double teamed. They practiced the quick double, and the team still fell apart. This was something that a coach usually. He's like, that. this is something where he has to, when he's doubled incessantly, Popeye talks about the spacing not being right, that it's on him to figure that out. He has to have counters. He has to emphasize those actions. He has to be able to help free up Jokic for shots, as well as put the other players in position where they can capitalize on the attention that Jokic is drawing on a consistent basis. That never really happened. That, that never really happened tonight. And it, I don't think it's just on like Popeye Jones. I, I don't think it's just on the players. But I do think what it really emphasizes is that it's really, really hard to be a head coach. And it's hard to do anything when the roster is as injured as it is. And so, I would say I would try to highlight the job that Michael Malone has done in the face of all these injuries trying to motivate bones to do the right stuff trying to put jokic in consistently good positions where he can succeed even if it's really tough i would like to highlight what michael malone has done in this situation but every time i try and do it's met with a lot of people that believe that he's the mark jackson of this nuggets team of this organization like, there's a reason to believe that at all. Like, there's just not. Just because the Warriors did it, where they had Mark Jackson there and then they had Steve Kerr there. Steve Kerr is a brilliant offensive tactician, but more than anything, he has a great relationship with his best player, Stephen Curry. And Mike Muller has a great relationship with his best player, Nikola Jokic. So, why is half the fan base trying to rush to replace Malone with what, what were his initial options, like his initial assistants. Chris Finch, for one. Wes onsell Jr. these last couple of years. Popeye Jones this year. Like, What are we doing, people? Michael Malone is as part of the culture, as part of the reason for Denver's success, as just about anybody. I think you can put Jokic up at the top. I think maybe you can put Murray just below that. And then you can put Michael Malone just below that. Like if Denver doesn't have the Jokic-Murray two-man game where they had to learn it trial by fire, then they wouldn't be the team that they are today. Don't get me wrong. But they were still put into positions to succeed by Michael Malone. Where he opened up the playbook for a star center who can dribble and pass and, and shoot the way Jokic can. It's really hard to be creative for a player like that and consistently find new ways to succeed while the roster is so injured. I think Popeye Jones found that out firsthand just now. And I hope the Nuggets fans just have a full appreciation for what Michael Malone has done and what he, like, it should not be this difficult to support the coach. He helped get Denver out of the first round in three straight years. If you want to argue that he should have gotten better than that, fine. But I don't really want to hear that. I really don't. I don't think that it makes a lot of sense. Denver somehow, like, think about what they did tonight. Think about how it worked tonight, how it looked tonight, where they scored 89 points and couldn't really get anything going. That same backcourt of Faku and Austin Rivers won Denver a playoff series last year. Which is nuts. It's nuts to think about. Please just give Michael Malone some space, some credit, and appreciate this season for what it is. It's a really, really tough season for anybody. Especially the head coach of a basketball team. We will see what happens when the roster gets healthy. I will not consider any head coaching change until we see the roster healthy and we see the plan fail. I know that's a little bit of a cop-out for some people because they believe that Michael Malone shouldn't be given all these extra chances when the the tough sledding is going on, but I disagree. I think that Tim Connolly and Josh Kroenke and Michael Malone are all on the same page on this, that they had a plan, that that plan was disrupted by injury, and until they see that plan through, they are not going to shake the boat. I hope that fans can have that same perspective. I know it's tough when you suck against the Magic, or the Mavericks. Like, I get it. They sucked against the Magic too, but they also sucked against the Mavericks tonight. So, look, it is what it is. You live and you learn. Every win has to be celebrated because of how injured the roster is, and whoever is doing the coaching should be celebrated too. Good thing it gets easier against the Utah Jazz on Wednesday, right? Yay. Denver gets to go against Utah, the team that's just been killing everybody because they don't have any major injuries. Okay, great. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by nobody. Uh, part of the mile high school high sports podcast family thank you so much everybody for tuning in really appreciate all the love and support if you could it'd be awesome if you could rate review and subscribe i got a rating in and a review uh, over the weekend was really happy to see that very very uh nice words were shared there if you could also share a rating and review yourself that would be spectacular thank you so much everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you guys tomorrow